0: Well, hello there and welcome. My name is Anthony Gray. I am the senior pastor of the True Life Family Worship Center in beautiful Baytown, Texas. And we are excited that you have chosen to join our podcast, where our duty is to equip the saints for the effective working of the ministries. I hope you enjoy it. God bless you. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Pastor Gray again of the True Life Family Worship Center located in beautiful Baytown, Texas, just east of Houston, Texas. And it is Thursday night uh, and time for our call. I bless God for you. I thank you for uh, for your listening ear and lending us your ear tonight. We're excited about, about what God is doing and what he has to say to us. We're going to start out with our psalm for the week. Our psalm for the week is psalm number 24, we'll read uh, verses 1 through 6. Psalm number 24, verses 1 through 6. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. I'm going to read a little further. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, thanking you for this another day and another chance. Not another chance to do our own will, to have our own way, Father, but another chance to submit ourselves to your perfect, your holy, your righteous will. We pray, Father, that you will look upon us in your mercy and your grace. If you find any sin, if you find anything in us that is not like you, we pray that you will please cleanse us of the unrighteousness and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Please forgive us, Lord God, our sins, for there are many. We accept you as our Lord. We accept your righteousness as our righteousness. Therefore, Father, we are no longer unworthy. We stand pure. We stand holy because we stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We bless you for the call tonight, Father. we bless you for all those who are under the sound of my voice, those who listen by podcast, those who listen to the recording later. I thank you. I thank you that the word is getting out, Father. Not that I'm being glorified, not that the ministry is being glorified, but that you're being glorified, and what's happening to the body, the body is being edified. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for all that you are. In Jesus' blessed name, amen. Well, good evening, everyone. Again, greetings to those of you who just uh, signed on, just tuned in. Uh, we are here today, and there is a word from the Lord tonight. Tonight's word is going to come, it's going to be a rather lengthy reading, because we're going to read from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, and Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Two passages of scripture that seemingly have nothing to do with one another, but there is a commonality in these scriptures, and that's what God has to, that's the message that God has for us tonight, is what is in common with these two scriptures. We're going to begin with the uh, Matthew scripture first. Listen carefully. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servant and delivered unto them his goods. And he gave to one five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he had received... The five he that had received the five talents and traded them with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one, digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. His Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so. He that had five talents came and bought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained five besides them, five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into my, the joy of the Lord. And he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he that had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed, or stored. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast what is thine. Listen to this. His Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant. Call him lazy. Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I've not strawed. Thou artest to have Put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming I will have received mine with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every man that hath shall be given. And he shall have abundance. But to him that hath not shall be taken away that which he hath. And he cast that unprofitable servant into darkness. For that is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Quickly. From the Luke scripture. And it came to pass that he went to Jerusalem. Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19. That he passed through the midst of Samaria, And entered into a village and there met him ten lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves to the priest and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet and given him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, were well, there are not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not but found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now you may ask yourself, what does the parable of the talents and this incident of the healing of the 10 lepers have to do with one another? I'm glad you asked. The common denominator here, the commonality here, the thing that they all have in common is that Jesus was looking for something from them. And they, they were all, except for the one, risk takers. Faith, brothers and sisters, demands that we take risk. Faith demands that we get out of our comfort zone and grow. And God, Jesus, our Lord, is expecting us to grow. The Bible says in the book of Galatians that he has given to every man the measure of faith. We have the faith of Jesus Christ. We have that faith. You have faith. I know that you have faith. But the question in the end is not going to be, do you have faith? But whether what are you doing with it? Are you using your faith to believe God for things that you can pay for in your paycheck? Are you using your faith? Then if you are, that's not faith. For faith takes risk. Faith steps out on the limb. My Bishop Sherman Gray Jr. used to say, Uh, When I was a young uh, boy preacher, go out on the limb because that's where the fruit are. That's where God put the fruit on the tree, on the limb. God expects us to take a chance. He expects us to step out. Well, Pastor, no, no. God doesn't want you taking chances. Oh, but yes, he does. He wants you to take chances uh, driven by him. And he wants you to exercise that faith. Faith will... Remain faith that is stagnant will die. Did you know that? You do know that faith without works is dead. Without using that faith, it will die. You cannot just simply say, "Oh, I have faith. I have faith," and expect expect that when God comes back, He's just going to look at you and say, "Oh, I see what you did with that faith." Well, let's look. Let, let let's go to the Matthew scripture and see. First of all, it is interesting that He gave every man. Every one of them, according to their ability, God's not going to give you something or he's not going to ask you to do something that you're not able to do. God's not going to move on your heart to do something that you're not able to do. Most of us will never rise from mediocrity to greatness because we will not take risk. We're satisfied. You know, this is all I'm going to do because I don't want to get in trouble. Well, look at what happened here. The Lord in this parable, and the parable is simply a spiritual story, an earthly story with a deep spiritual meaning. In the parable here, Jesus is saying the man went to a certain man, he said, went to a far away journey. That's how the kingdom of heaven is, a man who went to a far away journey. But before he went, he called his servants and he gave to them according to their ability. He gave to them what he knew they could work with. You have everything within you to start that business. If you don't start that business, guess what's going to happen with you? You're going to stand before God one day. He's not going to curse you. He's not going to cast you out, but you're going to stand before him one day. You're going to say, Lord, why did I struggle? Why did I, why did I make it? Why didn't you help me? And you know what he's going to say? I put in you the ability to write a book. I put in you the ability to start a business, and you never, you never stepped out because you were afraid to take the risk. Look at what he did. He gave to one man, he gave five. To one, he gave two. To one, he gave one. Isn't it interesting that he did not expect the guy with, with two to, to uh, multiply and give him as much as the five? He was not even expecting the one to give him as much as the two and the five. He didn't expect the five to give him too much more. Each each one of them gave him one hundred percent except for the one. And that's the reason why. Let's think about it now. When he came to the one that he gave five talents, he came back because he's gonna he's gonna come back and take an accounting. And just so that you'll know, can I can I pause to parenthetically insert this? The talent was not singing. The talent was not how well they spoke. What he gave them was money. What he giving you, he gave everybody something different. If, if, if everybody could sing, my goodness. If everybody could dance, my goodness. No, there's variety in what he does. And he gives you what you can do. And he is expecting a return on what he gave you. It goes to the one that he gave five. When he comes back and the man said, hey, this I want you to listen now. He went to the man that he gave the five. And the man said, hey, you gave me five and I took your money. I know I took a risk with it. I risked it, but I got you another five, 100%. And his words to this man was, well done. You good and faithful. You have done well. You've been good. You've been faithful. You've done well. Mm. Into the joy of the Lord. The second man he goes to. Can't stress that enough. He goes to the second man that he gives the two talents. And the man says, Lord, you gave me two talents. I took it and used it. I did something with what you gave me. And here, I've got you another two. So here's four talents. Again, he looks at him and he says, well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many. My God, isn't it, it, isn't it interesting that his intention was always to give more? But he's going to give more according to what you've done with what he's giving you. What has he given you? He's given you faith. He has given you faith. He goes to this last guy. No, let me back up. Because here's the thing. He didn't go to the last guy. The last guy came to him. Isn't that Interesting. He wanted to jump on it before, you know, the master came because he thought he was hard. How many of you know that if he really thought he was hard and if he really thought he was mean, if he really thought he was the kind of man that he said he was, he would have strove. He would have moved to do something great with that. Instead, look at what he said. He said, it's your fault. Essentially, it's your fault that this money didn't grow. If you hadn't been so hard, if you hadn't been so mean, I was afraid. Did you hear what he said? I was afraid, so I buried it. Brothers and sisters listening to the sound of my voice, have you buried your dream because you were afraid? Do you think that dream came to you just out of the air? No, God put that in you, but you buried it because you were afraid. What were you afraid of? Maybe you were afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe you were afraid to be uncomfortable. Faith, faith will put you in situations where you are not comfortable. Remember Abraham, Abraham, leave your family, leave everything, leave your father's house. Where am I going? I'll, you, I'll, I'll let you know when you get there. Abraham left. Did you not know? We didn't read about Abraham, but did you not know? Just, just allow me to parenthetically insert this. Did you not know that Abraham's father, according to history, was a idol maker? He made a business decision to move to Canaan, to the land of Canaan, where they worship many gods. A business decision. Why? Because he made gods. He made idols. They bought idols. They worship many idols. Business decision. Abraham's father dies. Abraham has, one, has two brothers. One is dead. That's Lot's dad. Abraham is about to receive what amounts to two-thirds of a thriving, idol-making business. Abraham was about to get paid. And just when that was about to happen, God called him to take a risk. Risk what? Leave everything, Abraham. But I'm about to... But leave everything, Abraham. But but leave everything, Abraham. And come follow me. You see, brothers and sisters, I'm not just telling you to get some haphazard idea in your head, some lofty idea in your mind. I'm asking you to listen to God. And whatever God tells you to do, do it. And I just want you to know that when he tells you you to do something... You may be uncomfortable. It may require you to take a risk. Oh, my goodness. He looked at this man who was afraid and hid his money, and he called him lazy. That's what slothful, you know, the sloth. You ever watch a sloth on, on National Geographic? How slow they move. Yeah, he called him lazy. He said He's saying, if you're not using what I gave you, You're not using it, not because you're afraid of me. You're not using it because you're lazy. Don't use your fear of me (laughs) as an excuse. What do you really feel afraid of? Listen, the thrill of soaring, the thrill of soaring always begins with the fear of falling. Fear is natural. Fear is going to come. When you take risk, fear is going to come. You must overcome that fear. If you're going to do anything for God, you've got to overcome that fear. You've got to not worry about what he says or what she says or what they will say. You've got to know that what you're doing, you're doing for God. And you're doing it by faith. Start that business. I don't care if you started once before and it failed. I don't care if you know somebody who started a business similar to what you want to do. Start that business. Take that risk. Step out on the limb. After all, the common thing that these two scriptures have is there's some expectation from the Lord that risk would be taken. If God is expecting that risk to be taken, then guess what he's realizing? He's realizing that the one with the five talents that bought him five more could have only bought him four more. He could have had nine instead of ten. You think he would have been upset? He would have been upset because he took a risk. He was looking for somebody who would take the risk. And on this call tonight, on this call tonight, God is looking. If you're on this call, God is looking for you to take a risk. It may be a sacrificial offering that he asked you to do. Yeah, he may ask you to start a new career. You know, you're safe. You're comfortable. He may say it's time to move on. He may ask you to start a business, buy a home. It may be time for you to get married. It may be time for you to let your heart trust again. God's saying, take a risk. Somebody on this call needs to give somebody a second chance. Take the risk. But take it because God said it. Oh man, listen, listen You believe so strongly in God And what God will do And that God's word will not fail Yet you won't step out on it You know what you're going to end up being like? You're going to end up being just like that man Who buried the one talent God's looking at you He's going to call you lazy Let me tell you something I may try and fail And try and fail And try and fail but God will never ever tell me I was lazy. I don't want him to ever say to me, you were lazy. You didn't even try. My goodness, my goodness. You you you've, you've quoted and shouted that, that a good man falls seven times, but he gets up, but you won't even take the chance to go out and fall. God is saying tonight to you through this through this message, he's saying, go out and take the chance. If you fall, he'll pick you up. He'll give you another chance. So I guess it's not really a, big, a huge risk you're taking if you're depending on him. It's your faith in him that's calling you out. The other scripture. My goodness. The other scripture is dealing with 10 men who were lepers. Leprosy is a highly contagious disease that still exists today. It still exists today. Although today they have found a cure for it. In Jesus' day, there was no cure. If you were found with one spot on you, leprosy will start with a little spot, a little white spot on the skin, little little rash on the skin that that, that puffed in and, and became white. And, and you could actually live like that if you could hide it. Remember Naaman in Second Kings chapter 6? Remember, Naaman. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He hid his leprosy for a long time because it, you don't get leprosy. You don't get the little spot, and the next, by the end of the week, things are falling off of you. It's it's a progressive disease, but once it does get to the point where things are falling off and it spreads all over your body, it smells awful. It's an awful rotting flesh smell. The law, the Jewish law required that if you were a leper, you were to move away from the city, away from people. And they you know, they didn't form leper colonies. It's just that birds of a feather flocked together and lepers hung out with lepers because, you know, who wants to be alone in this thing? So they became leper colonies and they hung out. But the law said that if they ever came close to somebody, they want you to come to the city, but if, if somebody ever wandered close to where they are, they were to yell as loud as they could, unclean, unclean, to let the person know, you know, I'm a leper, stay away from me. Cause you could get this disease. Here is just the opposite. These ten men took a risk. They risked their lives. Because they what they wanted, they wanted so badly that they weren't afraid to take the risk. So they cried out to the young rabbi, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. They cried, they cried. That crying out, this is nothing. When you read it, oh, they just cried out, no. They called attention to themselves. That meant that there are other people around who would see their lepers coming. Can you imagine the commotion? Can you imagine? The, the Bible reads, and I'm not gonna add to the scripture, but the Bible reads that it's like as if it's just Jesus there. And what about the other what about the disciples? What about the other people? Because everywhere Jesus went, there was always a crowd of people around him. Everybody heard these lepers say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And look at what Jesus is going to do. They walked there nasty behinds, yeah. Smelly behinds, took a risk. They took a risk. My God They took a risk Of being killed <laughs> They took a risk Jesus looks at them And then he says this You know Jesus laid hands on the leper one time He touched him Actually touched him You weren't supposed to touch him But that was Jesus and his faith Isn't it interesting that we have the faith of Christ but you know, But I digress Jesus Laid hands on one leper and he healed him immediately. But with these men, he didn't heal They didn't heal immediately. The Bible says he told them, Go show yourself to the priest. Now, that was a when you were healed, because there were people that got healed of leprosy, but you had to go to the priest, show yourself to be examined, and then get a certificate of uh, a, cert, a certification uh, certificate from the priest saying, Okay, he, he's ready to enter back into normal society, he is clean. Jesus told them to go get that while wow, they were still had pussy sores on them. <laughs> that meant that they had to risk. If they were going to get what Jesus had for they had to risk walking through the city. But remember, faith demands that you take a risk. And here the Bible says, as they went. My God, as they went, my God, healing took place. As they went, you know, you know, that's a, you know, at, at the worst stage of the last stage before death of leprosy, you know, there's nothing to, for an ear to fall off because it rotted off, or the tip of a nose to fall off, or, 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 appendages, fingers, toes. So there may have been some of them with toes missing, but toes were restored as they went. There may have been some with, with, with ears missing, but the ear was restored as they went. As they took the risk, things happened. See, you may step out to take the risk, and it looked like nothing happened. Keep on working it. You started that business, keep working it. First year, nothing, keep working it. You went to buy a home, keep working it. Everything was fine, and you lost your job. Keep working it. <laughs> you, met, you, you, and, you and your lover decided to get married. Oh man, we're gonna get married. We're gonna have, and you have a big nasty argument, a big nasty fight. Keep working it. Take the risk. Take the risk. Start a new job. Take the risk. Step out there. It's okay to leave. Get uncomfortable because God has something. Not, not everything that God has for us lies in comfort. The really good things lie in the risk. In the risk. As they went, they were healed and one man turned back and he came down and bowed before Jesus, began to worship him and said, thank you. But listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, were there not 10? Where are the other nine? Here here is that thing we talked about earlier, right? Right. That expectation. Jesus healed them, but he was expecting, just by his words, he was expecting all of them to come back. But only one came back. What did he risk? What did he risk coming back? He risked, are you ready? He risked the nine telling him, man, don't go back. Man, I wouldn't go back. Let's just go. I'm going. I'm going to find my wife. I'm going to find my family. I'm going by the bank to make sure I can get my money. I'm going to see if I can get my job back that I had. Man, don't, 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 don't go back. I wouldn't go back. But instead, he took the risk. He risked the, (laughs) he risked the opinions of other people. Is that what's holding you back? Are you afraid to step out because of what they might say? Hmm, isn't it interesting? How how do you feel, how would you feel explaining that to Jesus? Well, I didn't do it, Lord, because the people was going to say, you shouldn't have done nothing like that. You don't know what you're doing. Use common sense. God gave you five senses use them. Brothers and sisters, he wasn't looking for any excuse from that man. He was looking to see if he took a risk with his talent, with his money. He said, I gave you my money and you buried it. I gave you my faith and you hid it. The Bible says, and this is where I end. Somebody said that it is implied that Jesus is talking about faith, the size of a grain of mustard seed. But I've read the text. I've read the text over and over and over again. And the word size is not in the text. The word size is not implied in the text. Jesus is saying this. He's saying faith is as seed. And it must be planted. It must be watered. It must be nurtured. It's got to fall in the ground and germinate. It needs sunshine. Photosynthesis has to come. And then he said it's going to become a tree where men will find shade and the birds of the air will find refuge in it. Went to the store, and that was a, uh, I guess it was a Christian store. I'm not going to call the name of it, but they had in the packet uh, mustard green seeds. And they said that this is the mustard seed that Jesus was talking about. Well, I did a little studying. And, you know, I have yet to see the mustard green seed that grows into a plant big enough for a man to find shade under it. I studied because I have yet to find a mustard seed tree that's big enough for birds of the air to find refuge in. But I did find out that he's talking about a mulberry. On that mulberry, there are several seeds on one little mulberry. He said one of those little seeds because one of those little seeds has within it the potential to be a great tree. Every, Every matter of fact, every one of them does. But somebody will have to take the risk to plant it. Will you take a risk? Will you Will you commit in two thousand twenty to becoming a